Hello and welcome to Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland, the stories, the people and the standards transforming our daily lives. Today on the show, I'm joined by Ashling Flanagan of Velvet Cloud and Rockfield Cheese. So welcome to the show, Ashling. Thank you very much, Nola. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Ashling. It, it looks like you're one of the busiest women in Ireland based on your social media can you tell us a little bit about your your story, your business and how you got started? Yeah, absolutely. So the idea came about, uh, this Velvet Cloud is a business uh, founded by myself and my partner, who is also my husband. Um, and we would have been working and living in both Italy and France for several years. And while we were there, we noticed a prevalence of um, sheep dairy products. We also okay. both had a back background in food and a background in agriculture so we would have been interested in in food and agriculture while we were out there and we wondered given the large sheep industry that we have in Ireland why there weren't uh, many sheep dairy products produced in Ireland like we were seeing in in Europe and like we were enjoying because they're delicious sheep's milk is naturally very creamy naturally um has a naturally high solid content. Mm. So we were just sort of curious about this. All our sheep were going for meat. So when we came back to Ireland, we began to uh, research it as an opportunity. And at the same time, there was an increased interest in um, dairy alternatives. You know, that sort of food trend, Mm. if you like, is developing people moving away from cow dairy and onto plant-based alternatives and all sorts of alternatives. There was an increased interest, and there still is, huge amount of scientific study going on around the microbiome and gut health and the importance of gut health in wellness and mental health and physical health. And there was a a new drive towards supporting local producers and um, chefs in particular in the country were using much more Irish produced foods on their menus. So I suppose it was a perfect storm in terms of market trends. And we Mm. were fortunate enough in that we were living on a farm, a traditional sheep farm. So we decided to give it a go. We did some research. We created some prototypes and that's how the business was born. And thankfully, it's been growing ever since. Fair play. So you kind of could see it's interesting, you know, where business ideas come from, isn't it? You could see something that wasn't available here, even though, which it seems mad, really, because everywhere you go in the country, you see sheep. Well, that's it. But you see the poor old sheep, well, not the poor old sheep, the sheep you see now everywhere in the country, they would not give you very much milk at all. You wouldn't be able to build a Mm. business on them. The sheep we have are a different breed. They're special milking sheep. So they they come, the breed comes from one of them from France and the other from the Netherlands. We go back now. Well, you know, when we have a chance either for work or on holidays, we'd often be visiting France or Italy. And particularly in France, it's gratifying to notice that that whole category has now exploded since we were looking at it. So now wow. you have sheep's milk desserts, you have um, all sheep's milk, different flavors of yogurt. So mm. again, we very much hope that we're maybe behind them by a decade, but hopefully that's where the category will grow. Yeah, because you kind of you're familiar with uh, goat's cheese. You 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 know everyone is kind of familiar with that, and you've seen that right. on menus for many many years now. Uh, goat's cheese salads and stuff like that, but it's sheep's milk or a sheep's milk cheese. It's not something you kind of most most Irish people would be familiar with. I don't think. No, exactly. And we would always say when we were starting out, having seen what's happening, even in the UK, they would have had sheep's product, dairy products when we were starting, that we feel that the Irish sheep dairy industry is 10 or 20 years behind goat's milk. Mm. So everybody knows somebody who was brought up on goat's milk from an allergy perspective. Yeah. Um, and as you say, everybody is familiar with a goat's cheese um, salad, but not as many with sheep's milk. 
but hopefully mm. the beauty for us is that sheep's milk doesn't has the same low allergenic profiles in fact it's actually got better nutritionals in it but it actually tastes creamy it doesn't have that strong taste of goat so that's i suppose where we're winning over on on um, a taste profile point of view and you've had amazing success so far with your your products. Uh, I know you've been involved in lots of different awards and with the little Kickstart program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so I suppose at the beginning, um, when you're a small business um, profile or trying to build a profile is really mm. important. And um, we were very fortunate in that the very first award we got was one called Eurotalk. So Eurotalk is award. Um, presented to you by chefs who are members of the Eurotalk um, Chefs Organization. But it's not, the reason it was so useful to us is it's not an award you enter. It's one you're nominated oh. for. So we had no idea that this was happening, but the chef from Ashford Castle contacted us one day and said, could he come and visit the farm? So when you're a new business and the chef from Ashford Castle asks you, <laughs> you say, say, yes, how high do you Of course. <laughs> Of course. So he came and off he went. And then a few weeks later, we got the um, news that we had been awarded um, a Eurotalk award by by chefs in Ireland. So that was just fantastic. So that very quickly accelerated us onto menus. And we'd be the only yogurt that is widely identified as such. You know, um, Mm. they'll actually put our brand onto the menu. So again, that was very helpful. And then uh, since then, I suppose sustainability is very important for us. So we would have, and we do, we work very closely and use all of the supports of Board Via. And one of their Mm. programs that I'm sure you you and your listeners have heard a lot about is their Origin Green Sustainability Mm. So as soon as we could, we would have joined that. We set ourselves targets around um, waste reduction, around biodiversity and obviously energy reduction. And we've been meeting those and exceeding, thankfully, those targets uh, over the last four years. So we'd be now, again, just last week, coincidentally, or be uh, um, awarded us what's called gold membership of Origin Green. So wow, congratulations. Thank you. Super we're the smallest company in Ireland to achieve that, which we're very proud of because it's very hard. There's a lot of paperwork involved, a lot of targets, yeah. you know, the day job can get in the way. But it's again, it's good, I suppose, for the brand. We're constantly um, trying to build brand awareness on mm. a very tiny budget. And of that's course. always very, very difficult. Like many food producers in the country, I think, on a, on a shoestring budget for sure. And I think go, actually yeah. those kind of certifications and awards can be a great way of raising brand awareness for food producers. Absolutely. And then you mentioned the little kickstart. We, we write as we speak, actually, as you're recording, um, three of our products, our soft cheese, our hard cheese and our yogurt are on shelves in Little for another about 10 days. Um, Little and Aldi both do these programs where they support smaller mm-hmm. food producers and they will put them in store for um, two weeks. Um, and it's very clever from the retailer's perspective in that they're seeing how products go. They're introducing new products to the Irish market. Mm fabulous from a small producer's point of view because they are hugely significant orders yes Um, yeah you know so so both sides i suppose benefit if you like it's a volume order and it's really helpful particularly at the moment because business is so challenging from a clash cash flow perspective Mm. but also to build brands because what we would hope is people will go in and for example our soft cheese has never been available yet in retail they'll hopefully buy some in little this week or next week and that will build around awareness and brand. More people will be introduced mm. to our yogurt, that kind of thing. 
And I think as well, these programs are great for smaller food producers uh, just to give them a practice run of supplying those bigger orders into retail and kind of getting without having sort of a massive, you know, ongoing order, but just to do it as a once off to get that practice. Completely. You're completely like we have done them for a few times. I think this would be our fourth time on one of these programs between Mm. both of the discounters. So we're kind of used to it now, but I definitely remember, I think the first one might have been in Grow With Algae program we did. And it's a huge introduction to the, where the way their logistics works. You know, you're not talking about small vans going around to the back doors of retailers. You're talking about the 40 foot big booking in their slot in the various depots around the country. Um, your palette specs, how you label everything. is it, It's just at a whole new level. Mm. Uh, for um, smaller food business, but very good for you because now we're able to handle all of that and it's not a challenge when we get an order like that from middle. Mm. And I just going back a bit there, Ashling, you mentioned about, you know, getting uh, developing relationships with chefs and with restaurants in the country and having your product identified on menus. Um, yeah. It's a, I think it's an interesting um option for for food producers and one that i think a lot of food producers forget about they kind of think retail and they think uh you know local maybe local food stores or food markets but it's not something that you kind of instinctively think about straight away how important has that been for the development of velvet cloud hugely we would we would have about i would say right now 35 40 percent of our turnover is into retail similar into food service and then the remainder on e-commerce direct to consumers mm. um given that sheep's milk and sheep's milk products are so unknown and um, one of the barriers we have to overcome with consumers is taste when mm. people hear sheep's milk i mean you you mentioned yourself their goat a lot of them will think oh god i wonder what that will taste like you know there'll be an, a natural kind of you're smiling there i can see you on zoom i know your listeners can't see you but <laughs> Most people have that polite smile because that's exactly what you were thinking. Dear God, sheep's milk, what will it taste like? It actually does taste milder and creamier than goat, but that's our challenge as a business is to to get over that barrier of people thinking it's going to taste funny. So when chefs started to use it and identify it and create absolutely so many artistic dishes, both sweet and savory, that was hugely beneficial to Mm. us. Because if somebody, a consumer was having a dinner in Ashford Castle or in Chapter One or anywhere um, and they see Velvet Cloud and then they go into a supermarket, they're much more likely because they've eaten it in an Mm. absolutely delicious setting to risk it for want of a better word. So it helps us with trial. Plus, as Mm. as a as a target market segment, food service is invaluable to us. It's it's big volumes. It's less expensive to serve than retail. Because, you, you know, you don't have your smaller mm. consumer units. You don't have your various outer case packagings and palleting and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it is, and I imagine, presuming nobody knows the way the world's going to go at the moment, but will continue to be an important sector for um, Irish food producers. Yeah, and fantastic that it's back because for so long yes. we were without it. Correct. Um, you've just launched, well, I think you've just launched a new product, which is a fudge. So I mentioned again, like so many other food producers during COVID, we lost that hugely important food service market. Mm. Um, So that forced us online like a lot, but it's actually opened our eyes to the um, power of Mm. e-commerce. Now, while it has decreased dramatically since everybody's gone back out, it's still an important revenue stream for us every week. Mm. 
Um, and one thing we have noticed is the importance of it, particularly around the gifting seasons like Christmas. So the reason we've launched a yeah. food is literally just to test that out. Um, we were at the Sheridan's Food Festival at the weekend with the fudge for the first time, just yeah. to see. Because while our core product will and continues to be our yogurt and our cheese, um, there are certain times of the year where people don't want to be quite as healthy and <laughs> yeah, think about their gut. And Christmas is one of them. So we will have um, two luxury hampers based on the feedback we got with our soft cheese, with our hard cheese. We're going to have two luxury hampers. We're also going to do handmade sheep's milk chocolates with fudge, wow. cheese, etc. And with handmade soap. And they're really, really beautiful. And the only place you'll be able to get them from is Velvet Cloud. So it would be a lovely gift for a foodie. Wow. But equally from a business perspective, um, that's an important kind of revenue stream for us because we would notice while our cheese sales will grow in the lead up to Christmas, our yogurt sales is about three weeks, kind of, I'd say from about the 15th of December through to about the 10th, 5th of January. Nobody wants to think about yogurt or their microbiome. <laughs> there's no sugar <laughs> sugar and no alcohol crisps and, and then of course we get, a big, <laughs> we get a big spike then in January and February when everybody's back on their healthy kick yeah and 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 great I, I guess to kind of like uh sort of uh, manipulate that to, to make it more consistent over the whole year to kind of introduce products that do better at certain times of the year it's interesting well you know that's what it's about at the size we're at we're growing the whole time and therefore we are needing money to put into the business the whole time. So it's mm. really important to try and keep the cash flow up. And of course, you know, the cash flow we had planned to have has now all gone into excess energy bills and, and um, yeah. increasing costs. So it's been a really challenging year. Uh, while we've grown a lot, we haven't, I, well, we'll wait and see, but it's been very, very tough. Of course. And I think a lot of food producers just coming from the, challenge all of the challenges that COVID brought and now into this cost of energy crisis and yeah. all of this kind of uncertainty economic uncertainty it's going to be a, a challenging winter for everybody particularly for, for food producers and for small businesses yeah I think so I think that this is actually worse than COVID it was very dramatic when we lost half of our business when the restaurants all closed but everybody felt it was temporary and we could kind of even though we didn't know it was going to go on as long as it did, we, we saw an end in sight. We also flipped and pivoted or whatever those terms are that everyone uses. And we got another revenue stream through e-commerce. Now what's happening, no matter how fast you grow, you know, your 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 um, mm. margins are being eroded and we don't know where that's going to end. So it's very, very difficult to plan and invest um, when we're working in that, cl in that climate mission, that environment. And our customers, a lot of our customers will not be able to survive. So a lot of the small restaurants and cafes, mm. I, I, they're going to just find it extremely difficult because they have a much higher percentage of their cost bases on energy yeah for sure for sure it's gonna be a tough winter i think for 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 everybody yeah. and a tough a tough year probably coming up as well and um, one of your great strengths i think ashling is your instagram and your social media presence and your website um, and you're great for kind of getting out there and, and making reels and videos and stuff do you have a background in marketing? Where does that come from? Yeah, I, I do. I suppose I have to fess up. I do. I do have <laughs> it. And, and when I'm not milking sheep and, and going out in my pajamas and my wellies, I, I'm lecturing in marketing in, in UCD and I oh, do wow. a few training and consultancy um, things as well. So, yeah, I do. So I, I spend a lot of time um, studying best practice because it's interesting. Mm. I love it. It's very interesting with the e-commerce thing and the online stuff. 
Um, and I suppose the thing that has flipped marketing on its head in the last decades is work by, I won't bore your listeners, but anyway, there's a gentleman called Byron Sharp and it's all of the science has shown that to grow a brand at all, you have to have what he would call mental and physical availability. So your brand has to be uh, in so much as you can as a small business, top of mind uh, whenever you can get it and also Mm. physically available. So the top Mm. of mind bit is what we're trying to do with our social, with our online, any awards, with any, the, the, the physical availability is obviously the challenge for, well, that's where GS1 would help us out. Um, you know, that's getting it onto the shelf. You know, mm. that's and that's a harder job. I actually don't find the Instagram reels and all of that stuff too challenging. Mm. You know, that you can just do it on the go where you it's the distribution and making sure your product stays on the shelf. And because you're so small and you've so few facings relative to the big international brands, that's really where, you know, the challenge mm. is for us. And And that's feedback I've gotten from other food producers. I know. Daniel Emerson of Stonewell Cider talked to me about getting your distribution right and how tricky it can be to it's yeah. not something you you necessarily intuitively know about uh going into uh food business. Um tell us about how you came to be a member of GS1. Did you know anything about barcodes? Did you know anything about sort of labeling palettes or any of that kind of <laughs> stuff before you got started? So I would have, um, I would have known through my other work and and working with, and I I would have worked with a lot of food producers over the years. Obviously, known about barcodes, but never had to until I own my own food business. Or sorry, the importance of barcodes. I never had to actually purchase one. Mm. So of course, I I started on my journey when we were setting up our brand and we were bootstrapping everything. Going, oh god, well I knew I needed barcodes and quick Google would have given me lots of cheap barcodes online, Mm -hmm. but very quickly having talked to yourselves and having talked to the retailers, it was quite obvious that I had two choices. I could buy some cheap ones online, but then as soon as we got into multiple distribution, which was our ambition, I'd have to change all my packaging. And for anybody who's already in food there, every time you change a tiny, even a sentence on your Mm. packaging, when you're at retail level, that's a few hundred euro of a cost in a, in a die cut um, Mm. in printing. So thankfully, whoever the person at the time was when I spoke to them in GS1 kind of explained everything to me and the um, investment I'd be making if I started on day one with GS1 barcodes. So that's really, I suppose, where I, I we made the decision, no, rather mm. than get the cheap and cheerful ones, we'll start with their GS1 license. And thankfully, yeah, that's been the right decision because not only do you need the barcode on your actual consumer unit you also need it on your outer case that's going onto the shelf you also need it on your pallets depending on who you're serving so um mm. i'm glad i've been able to do that and the and dashboard pa- is really easy to use so it's it's even me a technical dinosaur <laughs> can manage the can manage barcode, figure it out dashboard most of the time and and packaging can be such a, a big cost for food producers mm. and 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 difficult in the sense that you have to order so much of it at the same time and it's a big can be a big uh rigmarole getting it right um Ashley you have created uh, obviously a really strong brand online uh strong e-commerce website you've developed relationships with chefs with uh retail across the country what advice would you give maybe to a new food producer coming up the ranks who's looking to grow a brand um, to do as much research as possible and to talk to as many people as possible before you make any assumptions. 
um, mm. understand, you know, there we just talked about the example of barcodes. You know, if if as an example, you didn't do that research and you just bought a cheap barcode, you'd end up then with an expensive um, cost of changing packaging. Whereas if you talk to as many people, the, the food community are quite good. The Irish food community are very good to each other. Mm. So there's plenty, and I'm happy if any of your audience, you know, want to get in touch by any of our online presences. I'll usually, it might take me two or three days, but I'm always very happy to share our experiences because people were very good to us. Um, so I would talk to as many potential customers who, who you think is your customer may not be your customer. You gave the mm. example there. You might think you're going into the supermarket, but actually maybe you have a product that will work even better in food service and you'll get more volumes quicker that way or vice versa. You know, maybe yeah. food service, the chefs may want to make their own granola and not purchase yours, but maybe there's a um, an opportunity for you in health in the health food stores. So again, it's, it's research. Try and inform yourself as much as you possibly can before you make any sort of expensive decisions. We've, we've mentioned social media Um, there's a lot of hype, I would feel. And I, I feel strongly about this, ironic, given that I use social media a lot, but it doesn't deliver the returns that a lot of people believe it's going to deliver because mm. of the way the algorithms are. Unless you invest money and pay to advertise, very small proportion of your audience see what you do. So, again, mm. don't believe you have to be on all social media um, platforms. Your time would be better spent talking to store managers or talking to chefs or talking to other food producers. Mm, for sure. And I think uh, one good way of doing that is is getting involved in the markets, isn't it? Getting involved in the farmers markets and the food markets and talking to people about products and what they like and what they don't like. And Yeah, it depends on your size. And, you know, if you're, if you're starting as a small artisan producer, absolutely. The farmers markets dealing directly with consumers, talking to other food producers. If you're slightly bigger and you have ambitions to expand into retail, the likes of Bloom, and um, mm. things like that are, are invaluable because mm. you meet your buyers, you meet fellow producers in the same boat as yourself. And Ashling, if somebody is listening today and they want to have a, you know, have a look at your products and find out more about uh, Rockfield Cheese and Velvet Cloud, uh, how can they get in touch with you? So we would have an online presence across most of the common social medias. Velvetcloud.ie is our website. Um, I'm on LinkedIn myself as Ashling Roach Flanagan. Um, very happy to take, we have a live chat function on our site. So very happy to take anybody. And then in terms of if they'd like to buy the product, and I would love them to buy the product. <laughs> um, they can, we're in 32 Tesco Ireland stores. We're in about right. 60 Super Value um, stores. And then we're all in all of the, the good, you know, uh, independent speciality food stores around the country, as well as the health food shops. Right, so look out for the green pots with the sheep. Look out for the green pots. <laughs> and if your listeners are listening um, and uh, they wish to purchase online, I know lots of them will, will purchase in supermarkets. If they put in the discount code, am I allowed to say this? Of course. G Please do. Thank you. If they put in the a G GS115, they'll get 15% off their first order. So Brilliant. anybody listening to this, uh, GS115, and they'll get 15% um, off their order, which would be good for Christmas, uh, hampers, etc. Brilliant. So, thank plug. you so much, Ashling. <laughs> Thanks a million. Not and thank you so all. much for sharing you your experience and your wisdom. I'm sure it'll be really helpful for for our listeners who might be, you know, thinking about setting up a food business in the future. So thank Not you. Not at all. That. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you to our contributor today, to Ashling Flanagan of Velvet Cloud and Rockfield Cheese. Today's episode of Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland was presented and produced by me, Fnil Malone. 
You can subscribe to Scan Talk on Apple, Google, Acast, or on our website, gs1ie.org forward slash podcast. Talk to you next time. Thank you.